Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. The Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. Because we learned it from you, Dad. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is a pitch episode. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, you know him. He's got something funky coming down the pipe. Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. What do you got for him, Tom? Kalimar. <laughs> When Harrison Ford says it, it sounds like a beach town. <laughs> sounds like a place I'd want to visit. <laughs> you know, Kalimar is nice this kind of time of year. Yeah. <laughs> it's fewer bugs right now. <laughs> and you, uh, you know, you know, they're they're over that ripping the heart out and it going on fire thing. You know, yeah, that's yeah. Uh... that was the old model. <laughs> that was yeah. They don't pitch that on their vacation packages anymore. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see it, they'll put it on for you. Sure. They'll do a performance of it. <laughs> but, you know, if you'd rather not see hearts ripped out of people's bodies and going on fire, you know, they're not going to rub it in your face. Yeah. All right. Well, here we are. We finished the Indiana Jones series. Yeah. We have put our work in, friend. What did we, con- we really what, have? Did we create about forty-five hours of listening pleasure for this series? How yeah, don't get you, don't get used to that length of episode. Okay, <laughs> so most of the shitty sequels we watch, uh, they're not going to warrant a three-hour discussion. Yeah. So don't you know? Don't get too used to it. Good times. This is for Lucasfilm Productions only. Apparently, <laughs> we can't stop talking about. We them. can't shut up. Yeah. It's not our and fault. No, I, I really don't think it is our fault. I think it, it it's they're just such huge series culturally. Yeah. And they've got so much going on within them. Mm-hmm. For for better or worse. <laughs> the question is, will our pitches have so much going on in them? They will, and for better and worse. <laughs> But we'll, yeah, and before we yeah. get there, we got we got plenty of business to take care of. We do, yeah, and and just you know, an overall thought about the series, reflecting on it. It's a series where every one of these movies has, I would say, significant problems. Mm-hmm. And but but you know the degree to which that matters uh, changes film by film, and person to person. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it, yeah, it's hard to. Uh, Friend of the show, Heather Pedersen. Uh, that's right. Had sent a, sent a message saying we were so wrong about Last Crusade. I believe. It's interesting because you know when when Dial of Destiny came out, I knew it's impossible to get consensus around a a, a new film, mm-hmm. like a new franchise film. Just just impossible. Society doesn't work that way anymore. Sure, right. The it, it's it's inherently the response is inherently divided. It's predestined that way, 
Um, but it is interesting that earlier Indiana Jones movie from an era where we had more consensus about what made a good and a bad movie, uh, there's still there's still divergent viewpoints and, and fandom is still split. Yeah, right. Well, we're saying it's split, but I think you and I are the outliers. I think the general consensus is Temple of Doom weaker, Last yeah. Crusade stronger, and we just happen to disagree. I think that is changing, but it's maybe not as changing as fast as I'm giving it credit for. All right. Well, what do you want to do first? So we got... <laughs> so but you in, you advertise this as a pitch episode, but this is going to be more like an annual general meeting. Because this is our <laughs> final new episode of the year. That doesn't yeah. mean it's our last episode of the year. We've got something fun in store for you for our final two weeks. So, True. Um, we Don't worry. We're going to take care of you. You're not going to miss <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, we've got, a, we've, we've got a, a packed agenda today. Yeah. Because we've got we've got to re rank uh, the series after Correct. after our rewatch of uh, Dial of Destiny, and um, we've got some listeners' comments to go through. We've got to rank the posters, mm-hmm. and, and then pitch, and then pitch, and then we've also got well, we're going to have some uh, end of year announcements um, about how we're going to move forward in the new year. Very good then. Yeah. So. I don't know. Whatever you want to start with, whatever you think, uh, I'll leave <laughs> well, it up to you, Mister Chairman. Should we should we re rank first? Yeah, I, that makes most sense, right? The people are dying to know. <laughs> are they? Whether whether let's face it, you've changed your mind. <laughs> I don't think anyone is is on the edge of their seat about how my opinions might have changed. True, but I do think there is potential for. Um, uh, for some some uh, movement in your camp, so t- tell me what's you know t- tell me uh, how it's been going since your rewatch of Dial of Destiny in terms of ranking and declaration. Maybe I don't know. No, the declarations no. stay the same. Yeah, good, good, bad, bad. Good, good, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I didn't suspect there'd be any movement on that. And of unless you the... watched it for a third time and loved it, which is perfectly possible. Maybe, right. And uh, the top of the list, of course, for me, stays the same. I got Temple of Doom at the top, followed by The Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. You know, in <laughs> watching Dial of Destiny and then talking it over with you, I... <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, don't, I don't like this implication that had you not had a conversation with me... No, but it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't want to be the reason that, that you dislike a movie more than you actually do. No, you're not the reason. Okay, good. But we have, we always have a back and forth. We, you know, yeah. it's funny because, you know, I ah, talked about... You insulted me a little bit. <laughs> a, me little, a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit there. One, one dog goes one way, one dog goes the other. <laughs> I, um... I gravitated towards some things on my first watch of Dial of Destiny. Yeah. I dialed back a little bit on those things that I liked, I think, when we talked about it in the episode. Yeah. Your appreciation went back in time. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> there were there were things that didn't uh, hit me as strong. Yeah. 
the movie is a a weak movie. Yeah. So you, sir, were still not able to convince me. Okay. To put it ahead of Crystal Skull. Oh, man, these are two not good movies. But yeah, I, I re what rewatching Dial of Destiny made me realize that they're two sides of of a bad movie coin. Mm-hmm. They're very different from each other, but they make all the same mistakes. Yeah, they really are. Like, <laughs> you know, I guess I I had to. You know, Crystal Skull is this very weird anomaly to me because you have, yeah, you know, people that I like in this movie. Sure. And when I when I started thinking about say a Karen Allen and her performance, and I realized, uh huh, it's not her fault that they didn't give her anything to do, but also what she's doing doesn't no. remind me of Marion at all. Is that the script's fault? I don't know, you know. But there, you know, there are, you know, Mac, this character. That seems kind of tailor-made for an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> well, that's the problem. I think maybe maybe that was that was the focus. Is you know, it's just like let's uh, let's make an Indiana Jones character by committee, yeah, rather right. than like starting with the character. Let's think what makes a good Indiana Jones character, and then think back from that. <laughs> Right, <laughs> because that you know, if you if you think about you know how much we enjoyed Wuhan and Kazim, and if you think right. about it, those characters don't really make sense. <laughs> right, one of them dies. One of them dies instantly. The other one is in you know less than two minutes of the movie. Two minutes but, of the movie, but you yeah. know, it's like, what is it about a movie that? What is it about Temple of Doom that can bring a character like that in and make you care about him in 90 seconds and have him be gone is fascinating to me. Yeah. And it's then you not yeah. It, you know, it's, you, it's just it's the I think it's the difference between writing writing a character and and writing a a trope of a character. Yeah, it might be that simple. But you take, you know, the same point as Karen Allen with Ray Winston. That's an actor I like. Yeah. And I don't like his performance. And so yeah. When I when I look at Dial of Destiny, I see performances one that I like more okay. overall. I think the performances are better. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a better directed movie. Mm. But no. I'll I'll forgive it. Or even it. a directed movie. Yeah, I'll forgive it for that. The thing about Crystal Skull is it's directed by Steven Spielberg and George Lucas is involved. These guys mm -hmm. should know better. And yeah, they he's fucked Tom it up. He's it up there, isn't he? Yeah, so I I, 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 hold, I carry more umbrage against that That's movie. Interesting. That's interesting. Because interesting. they shouldn't have fucked it up. You're punishing their failures. Yeah. Rather than because they should know better. And you, you know, we talked about and James Mangold. You know, this again, I, I've said this about J.J. Abrams before. Um, you know, he, he's he's such a hack. You almost <laughs> can't blame him because he's just going to steal from the lowest hanging fruit of the people before him. 
and that's what so can you can you blame him for doing that it's it's the people who originally made those mistakes in the star wars trilogy that are that are really to blame mm. and i think if you a, say so there's something similar going on with <laughs> with the uh, with james mangled where i think his heart's in the right place yeah absolutely you know, i think it's his not heart's on in fire the right outside place. his body but we talked about this because he directed logan and he directed wolverine yeah. And these are two very different movies. What's the biggest difference? A really good script and a really bad script. So, you know, maybe he's one of those people that can do more, given more. Yeah. But he's not creative enough to pull a rabbit out of his hat when he needs to. No. And Spielberg probably is. I mean, there's no reason that Temple of Doom should work as well as it does. Considering everything that's going on in it, hmm. racism, there's a lot of shit in Temple of Doom. And yet, uh, yeah, as a sequel, that movie fucking works. But, but then Spielberg would turn around, to you, turn around to you and say, well, you know, this is what worked in the 30s. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it work now? People are always going to want maybe this kind of I movie. don't know. Yeah, but people are always going to want... It's just it's just a big populist movie. People are always going to have an appetite for. Whereas Dial of Destiny, as I said before, I don't know who that movie is for. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I can't see where its, where its demographic is. And if you try and apply any... You don't particular... think that they're trying to make a populist movie, though? It's what they're going for. They're just failing at it, I think. But... Well, yeah, but that implies that there'd be some buy-in for people younger than yeah, that's true. In their mid forties, which, which they, I, I they think put... the I think the default is is in their minds is like, well, who who doesn't like an action movie and will have action? <laughs> Just be an eighty-year-old man. <laughs> who who does who doesn't like action in the form of a movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this is your this movie is your container of action. Well, and we've talked about Just this before. Just watch the action yeah. <laughs> within it. Don't worry about how one scene goes into another. Yeah, none of that matters. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this before about how movies are getting made today, and I think that's one of. Dial of Destiny's biggest problems is it yeah. just feels kind of homogenized in a way. You know, it's just kind of watered down. Yeah, I think this was least the, common denominator yeah. into uh, you know trying to please everybody. And I think we're gonna we're gonna look back and yeah. maybe anyone. I don't think so, and I think we're gonna look back at it and go, "Wow, that movie was made at the worst possible moment in history." <laughs> it could have been, <laughs> maybe. I really do. I really, I really think we're, you know, the the same year that Shazam and The Flash came out, you know, and and mm-hmm. sort of like that's where franchise movies are. So, you know, it's uh, and and you're not even really living up to the success of those. Yeah. So, it's interesting. But, yeah, I I I I didn't think you were gonna flop, but I'm glad. Really? It, I'm glad. I'm glad you. Uh, well, you never do. You won't. You I really, won't, I you really won't commit to flip flopping. I really thought I was going to flip, maybe a yeah, day you... after. Yeah, 
like talking about Dial of Destiny with you. Because I realized as I was talking about it, I realized, man, there really are a lot of glaring failures in this movie. But at the end of the day, I still just think it's a better watch. I I, I think that's where we, we'll never agree. Mm-hmm. I find Crystal Skull eminently more more entertaining oh. uh, in its first half. <laughs> in its first half. I mean, the, the second half is, is terrible, but there's a, there's a sort of there's a lunacy that carries me through. Uh, it, it, there's a there's a lunacy that's interesting to observe, and there's nothing interesting to des- to observe in Dial of Destiny. It all falls flat for me. All right. Well. Yeah. Doesn't all fall flat. I think the problem me. was I gave you too much time. I should I should have pinned you down. Decide now. Because because you were so bummed out talking yeah. about Dial of Destiny. If I'd have, I think if I'd have got you then. <laughs> Got that commitment out of you then, then the rest would have been buyer's remorse. Right. Well, I waited too long. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know. And you and you know you come from from the the anti Lucasfilm prequel era school, so you know any if we can dig into that wall. <laughs> That you have about those movies, and this year basically we we've spent doing that with the with the Star Wars prequels and the right. and Crystal Skull. Uh, we've hammered down some of those walls. It's it, it's it's now it's a it's definitely a a smaller wall, um, and you know the cracks are starting to show. I think sure, and your and your appreciation for those films. So. It, it, you know, that's that's the most sure. I can hope for. Well, let's not go too far. As a as a defender of those movies, that's the most I can hope for. I've I've <laughs> I've more than done my job. Is if if I've made you think about <laughs> think about whether or not you enjoy parts of Crystal Skull. Right. That's a win for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you took me further down that path than I ever thought I could go. Yeah. You lucked out that the CGI at the beginning doesn't look as bad on a small screen. I think. As I said, that's what I thought about Dial of Destiny. So, <laughs> we're we're in agreement about the second half of the series. Did Dial of Destiny get worse? We just worse? disagree on the examples. Yeah. Did Dial of <laughs> Destiny get worse or better for you on a second viewing? Or stay the same? It's a good question. I'd like to say thank you. I'd like, to, I'd, I'd like to say it got better. All right. I found it far more monotonous because, I suppose, because I knew where it was going. Mm-hmm. So I knew that any joy I had would be so short lived. It was barely worth the. <laughs> it was barely worth the, the attention. Energy. Yeah. Maybe I could play tic tac toe on my phone while I watch this. I think I said it in the last episode, the other time travel problem of the movie is that you're playing the movie, but time doesn't seem to be moving forward. And I didn't experience that in the movie theater, but when I was watching it at home with the ability to leave at any point and do something else, <laughs> my inclination was always just to leave it because I was like, this this movie does not seem to be progressing in any meaningful way from when I last looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that's good. So, 
No, but I, I was much, I was far more entertained by it the first time. I would say. Okay, that's interesting. Second, second time round, the, the 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 boredom, just kind of kicked in and and wouldn't leave me. But you said it went up for you a little bit. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said I'd like to say that. Oh, is that what you said? Yeah, I just don't want people thinking that I'm close-minded. <laughs> Even though you are. Even though is I that am. what you're copying to? <laughs> I close. I I guess so. No, I just thought. <laughs> I think I think it's a it's a clear it's a red flag of a film that just isn't working that you can't see something different in it the second time around than you saw the first time and I didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw nothing, nothing different, nothing that made me reconsider it. In Isn't any, that interesting in about way. good movies? You could watch a movie you watched 40 years ago and find something new. I think that, I mean, I, I was just thinking that about, you know, my the, the movies that are in my all-time top 10, I don't watch that often. Mm. But if I ever go back to them, not only are my feelings reconfirmed, but I find a whole new subtext that I'd never even Considered. noticed before. Yeah. yeah. And that's the that's the beauty of a great movie is it it's going to keep coming at you in different ways decade after decade. Great TV series as well are the same. Like I'm rewatching Frasier sure. at the moment now that I'm the age Frasier is at the beginning of the series. At the beginning of the show. And it completely changes the the show for me. Like mm. I've seen the show way too many times to be rewatching it, mm-hmm. but it really does feel like I need to rewatch it as as a man who's now over forty. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished rewatching it, so I know what you're saying. You know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, but uh... I'm the opposite. I guess I'm the age uh, that he is at the end of the show. <laughs> I was given my previous record on this subject. I was holding back from 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 making that. Comparison. With all due respect, with, with all, all due, due respect, respect, you you are you're not the age Fraser was yeah. when, he, when it started. You're Frasier in the diaper with the surrogate Emma Thompson. There you go. All right. Well, I'll leave it to you. Where do you want to go next? Uh, let's have some listeners' comments. Um, let's go. Yeah. I, uh, so the the first one I have is uh, when we we posted our um, our Indiana Jones and Last Crusade Photoshop on Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, Dana Gould. Yes, that Dana Gould of the Dana Gould <laughs> Hour, do- hanging with Doctor Z and uh, the Simpsons, to to name but a few of his credits. Big fan. Um, well, yeah, I mean, he'd reached out to us privately uh, before to say how much he'd enjoyed our um, our episodes on um, Star Wars, and so because he did that privately, I was like, I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk about it on the show, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge fan going uh, a huge fan of his work going back years. Yeah. Um so I really wanted to, but now he's done it in public. Um he <laughs> said uh, Yeah, so entertaining and miraculously longer than my podcast. So <laughs> you know, we're uh, <laughs> we're we're um we're two appreciative it, it, long-winded people. That is correct. Yes. So, uh, thank, thank you, Dana. And uh, listen to you unleashing your inner Ed McMahon. 
<laughs> that is correct, sir. <laughs> oh, well, at least it's not my inner Hank Kingsley. Hank Kingsley. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Or inner Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> um, so, and... Uh, so I, I I've said I've said before on this podcast when we were doing this series that I, I listened to a show called Indiana Jones Minute where they go through the Indiana Jones films a minute at a time, uh, using the, the Star Wars Minute model. And uh, I belong to their Facebook group, Indiana Jones and the Listeners Crusade. And, you know, I, when we were posting, our, doing our social media, I was kind of hesitant to post on, on the feed because it felt a bit like carpet bagging. You know, that this is this is well-worn territory for them. You've got these, you know, you've got these dudes coming down. Coming in uh, like a big log roller. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, I, was, I felt self-conscious anyway because uh, I'm sure I've absorbed a lot of their observations by osmosis. I tried to credit them where I remember, but mm-hmm. I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure I'm regurgitating it. You haven't listened to it, which is great because look you know, at I you like... copying to possibly stealing. Not unlike one J.J. Abrams, in your opinion. That's great, yeah. But you know, <laughs> I I, tu- I turn it into meaningful content when I do it. <laughs> Well, I was actually I was actually meant to, to to compliment you because oh, you know my. I I tried to st- stay away from th- from from observations I knew had been made on Indiana Jones minute and let you make them and and you repeatedly you did right down to uh, short round and the elephants so, nice and how and how sad and tragic that was so uh, <laughs> but anyway um, I didn't put it up there for that for the for all of those reasons but. Uh, uh, Tim Gower, who is, you know, also a member of the Crusade and um, uh, according to his posts, has listened to our Indiana Jones and Star Wars episodes at the very least. And uh, he said quite a lot of fun an extensive review. Oh, yeah, for sure. Extensive. And, uh, and uh, you know, our episodes on Lucasfilm productions have been fun. And then uh, he justifiably, I imagine in your, your and many people's eyes, took me to task for saying that... Uh, oh, I'll read what he says. I really disagree Steven Spielberg is overrated outside of the genre, but your podcasts on uh, Indiana Jones and the Star Wars films have been fun. And I copped it. I responded and say, yep, I'm in the minority there, and my co-host vehemently disagrees. Uh, <laughs> and he responded by saying, from that early movie with the truck to Schindler's List, Lincoln and the Bridge of Spies, and so on, I can't get on board. I don't want to resort to the social media slapdown bait and say you're wrong, but you are. <laughs> it was at that point I looked into his uh, um, I looked into his Facebook uh, history to see if it was really just you masquerading as, as someone else because <laughs> that sounds like it could have come straight out of your mouth <laughs> and yeah I mean I don't really have more, more to add to this like I say I recognize I'm in a minority for the record everything Spielberg made in the 70s and I would say in the early 80s I think is is uh, is top notch Top after notch, that, top notch. Uh, after that, I kind of lose interest and uh, haven't. Uh, you know, come on, um, always. That's late eighties. Yeah, 89. it's. I find the rest of it a little bit anemic, and uh, didn't get much out of Lincoln. I really dislike Schindler's List. I think it's a really exploitative movie. 
Mm. Um, Bridge of Spies I haven't seen, so maybe I should uh, I like Bridge of open Spies. my mind to that. There's Friend of the, the show, Brothers, David right? Wilson Barnes, has a big role in uh, oh. Bridge of Spies. Uh, acting? Yeah, he and I acted together in high school and community college. Oh, wonderful. That's great. He is a fantastic working actor. Yeah, and he got to work with Mark Rylance, which must be a... Yeah. Who I've, I've seen on... In an Academy Award-winning role. To bring it all back to Frasier, I saw him on stage in uh, uh, the the idiot with um, um, David Hyde Pierce. Oh, on the West End stage. Lovely. So yeah, um, have a seat, Sylvester Stallone. It's Mark Rylance's night. Yeah, <laughs> that was. It's sort of yeah. That was strange because it it wasn't like they. I haven't seen the movie, but I assume Mark Ryland is not playing someone disabled or he is not. Is, no. Okay. Yeah. So, but you know, I didn't. It's really not. It's know. not like I. I it would have sucked if if Stallone lost it because someone decided they wanted to play someone in a wheelchair that year to to get no, an Oscar. No, it's nothing like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I didn't really know him that well as an actor, but when he appears on screen in Bridge of Spies. One of my first thoughts was, "Who the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah, he's that he's, good. He's got a it. real presence. He's got a real presence about him, and yeah, uh, I actually haven't seen any of his screen work, so I'd be interested to see if mm. that if that translates uh, at all. But it, on stage, it's very striking. All right, is that it for? Uh... That, that's it. Yeah, the listeners can't. You mentioned um, Heather's. Uh, yeah, I would say comment more of a sort of challenge. Yes. <laughs> I'll see, she reflects the, I'll see her she... around Christmas time on the 23rd and we'll, we'll yeah. go to task. But keep them coming. You know, you send us you, you send us a, a comment, uh, you know, whether it's uh, nice or critical or both like uh, like um, Tim Tim's was. We'll read it out on the show. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Heather's one of our patrons, so. She's she's she can earned, say whatever she wants. She's quite literally <laughs> earned her opinion, and what's more, we know we both know she reflects the consensus around Last Crusade that we don't hold to. Yeah, so. it's a it's a keen reminder that that that's going on outside of this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, now we obviously we have to pitch, but we need to rank some posters and talk yes. about the new year. Yeah. But one kind of folds into the other, right? It does. Yeah, so let's let's uh let's let's handle uh let's let's do it quiz show style. I'll take the I'll take the the the, the second part first. Uh yeah. yeah, let's talk let's uh so yeah, this is only the second time that we've ranked the posters. But mm-hmm. um let's uh let's do that and we do it from the bottom up which was your idea that I really enjoyed. We do indeed. We do indeed. So uh, you can take the lead on this one. So, well, let me ask you, uh-huh. before we get started. What do you value in a poster? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we briefly talked about this off mic. Yeah. I, I guess obviously we'll talk about the main posters, but there's a couple of Indiana Jones movies that had more than one poster... Yeah. As it's as a main poster, like one you would see at the movie theater. Posters right. are kind of, you know, 
they really they can really change over the decades, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> you only have to look at these posters to yeah. see that. <laughs> That's true. My God. But I guess my question <laughs> to you is, uh, do you want to consider any of these extra posters? No, no. Okay. No, let's go with the ones that we inserted our faces in, into. If it's good, if it's right. good enough to slap our faces on, then it's good enough to rank. All right. <laughs> all right. Because and I like that they're all variations, basically on the same poster, and yet yeah. wildly all wildly different in both quality and style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Do Do you want me to list my my worst first? Worst th- first. Because, to me, like, this is still a battle of two halves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I think I think one of these one of these posters is is uh, uh, out in front by some distance, actually. Okay. All things considered. But go I'm, ahead. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't I don't know that it's uh, a head by a country mile for me, but. Really, the most difficult decision I have is with the bottom half of my list. <laughs> now, this is difficult too, because the the one thing, the one thing about this particular segment is, it's it's auditory. <laughs> so yeah, it's they're, auditory. Yeah, they're they're not they're they're not seeing you, List, dear listeners. You have to look up the posters to know what we're talking about. You do. Yeah. I. Um, That's okay. <laughs> I gotta tell you, the the, the one I think there's I... a clear winner and a clear loser here. Really? Yeah. So I'm happy to go. I'm happy to 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 uh, tell you who lost. Okay, go ahead. Uh, it's it's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's one of the worst posters I've ever seen in any medium. All right, then I think we're it's, on the same looks... page. It looks like it looks like a photograph. It looks like they all posed for a photograph and yeah. then put it on a poster. Really, I mean, genuinely, there's so well, little art. There's so little art in it. It has mm-hmm. to go straight to the bottom. Here's the thing about Indiana Jones movie posters too. You've got two posters that have your main character that we all love so much mm-hmm. looking directly down the barrel of the camera. And two posters right. where he is not. Generally speaking, I <laughs> like it better so... when, he's when he's not, not. staring down the dar- barrel of the of the camera. I know. In one of them, his look down the camera is pretty dreamy. It is. He is undressing me with his eyes. <laughs> Very much so. It, it, it helps that you have the younger version there. And then there's another one in which he... Uh, uh, one of the ones in which he's not looking down the barrel of Camberley, really, he just looks constipated. <laughs> that has to be Dial of Destiny. No, no. Oh, really? No, he's not going to be. He's not going to be constipated in Dial of Destiny. He's got all that Metamucil to help him, <laughs> or whatever the 1969 equivalent of Metamucil was. Is probably just <laughs> sticking a sticking a sp- pole up there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I, it wasn't until I was just flipping through the posters in which I actually saw the look on his face for Temple of Doom, and you're right. 
Yep, that's the one he, I'm talking about. He looks constipated. I mean, it, it, what, what, well, what's, what, what I'd say as a general comment uh, is really, I mean, I've, because I had the VHS, I basically had a mini version of this poster to look at every day of my childhood. <laughs> yeah. If I wanted to look at it, I could. And, and it really genuinely looks like in an artistic sense that he's, that the, the flames are as close as they look in the poster because of the way his face is reacting to the flames. Yeah. He's like seconds away from the hat going on fire is yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> Which wouldn't have been a bad idea, and then we wouldn't have had to have it in the next few movies. Well, I, like you, am going to go Kingdom of Crystal Skull at the bottom of my list. He re- Also, Harrison Ford really doesn't look pleased to be there. He looks very disinterested. And I assume this is a painting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, the idea that they couldn't cover up that... That that sense of not wanting to be there in a painting suggests to me that the the, the artist hasn't gone far enough with the artwork for this movie. May I say, by the way, how good you look as a Russian spy woman. (laughs) Yeah, it reminded me of our very first watch-along where I I had the Princess Leia wig. Um, (laughs) it, it it, it, It doesn't seem like it would work, with you know, with the the gen my general hairiness and wide face, but it really does. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I you know. You know what I also like in an Indiana Jones poster is counting how many times Indiana Jones can be seen on it. Yeah, yeah. In this one, he's. Well, is that Indiana Jones? Maybe that's Fedora. <laughs> I know he's not in the movie, but he's not in this movie. What are you talking we about? We can't, or, or his, or his, just his stunt double. <laughs> yeah, it always feels, you know, until you get to Dial of Destiny, it's a minimum of uh, two two sightings per poster. Right. Yeah. To be honest, given the movie, it's lucky that he's even in the poster for Dial of Destiny. I'd say. <laughs> um well for for my next poster i am gonna go dial of destiny yeah me too me too um i think it's 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 a yeoman's effort i agree i i don't hate this poster no i i like the poster more than i like i like the movie i think they've at least thought about trying to get the 1930s feel into the poster more than the movie thought about that right (laughs) and it's a it's a you know using your terminology a reasonable facsimile of an of an an indiana jones poster yeah well like an old-fashioned movie poster yeah I think that Smokey Mads Mickelson is is a clincher for me too. That yeah, that's working. But but it also feel it feels uh, you know like a, the Ersatz version of that because mm-hmm. it's twenty twenty three and we we don't really know how to reproduce that look. But mm-hmm. we can get some of the we can you know we can have the you know we can have the yeah it's funny the, the you... hyper real version of it, but we can't yeah. get that. Because when you look at the other posters, the other posters really kind of insist on using all of the poster. Yeah. 
Dial of Destiny thing. gets about three quarters of the way down, and they're like, well, we give up. I tell you what what it looks like. It looks like a, um, a movie lobby postcard. Mm. Which is to its credit. <laughs> uh, you know, mate, uh, it's, it's interesting, but... Maybe I've uh, underestimated Dial of Destiny. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick where it is because I think it's a bit affected. Mm-hmm. I think it has again. It has the opposite problem with the Crystal Skull. They put no effort into the Crystal Skull one. They put too much effort into. Yeah, this. right, right. But again, the films I think are sort of the opposite. <laughs> like Dial of Destiny puts no effort in, and Crystal Skull go you know tries too much too quickly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's your next one? Um, I think I have my issues with it, but I'd say Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Hmm. Uh, like I love. I mean, give me, give, <laughs> give me nineteen eighty nine Harrison Ford. Yeah. In in any any pictorial representation of that is gonna you know set my heart aflutter, but. <laughs> But that's really all it is. I mean, it's, you know, I don't, like, it does, I don't understand this four square with the, the different, you know. I, I, I the, don't hate that. I mean, I get what you're saying, but like, to, to me, they're almost picture framed. And so I kind of like, to me, it kind of gives it a serial nature. So I don't, I don't totally hate. The but why corners. these characters? But why these characters? I mean, did they know what the did they know what the movie was going to be like when they made this poster? Because so why Vogel and not Donovan? And you want Donovan? I was going to say, yeah. Well, I don't necessarily want Donovan. I don't want any of this. But I, <laughs> I, I if you're going to put anyone there, it shouldn't be Vogel. Mm-hmm. I'd even take Kazim. Oh. Or the Grail Knight. I like the uh, I, li- I like the sort of uh, um, banana- <laughs> bonanza opening titles. Indie coming towards, burning through the uh, the poster. Yeah. I yeah. like that element of it, and I like Harrison Ford. I I don't I think it I I would have liked. Although actually, I don't know if this would have worked, but I would have liked him and his father to be undressing me with his eyes. <laughs> Because yeah, it almost where's Henry Senior looking? <laughs> Henry Senior is looking at Harrison Ford, going, "Why are you undressing that poor person who's looking at your sister with your eyes?" Oh, that's good. But I guess I guess that's their relationship in the movie, and I don't. Well, really I kind of like like you. I mean, you were just kind of mentioning Look this, what I you think. did. I can't believe what you did. <laughs> but I like the the blaring out sun and the dust kind yeah. of billowing into their clothing i like that and this is this was the basis of all young indiana jones uh artwork Mm. i think this this particular look so everything from then until crystal skull in indiana jones looked just like this as far as i can remember well i think for me this one is closer to the top for you but uh as it turns out we're in lockstep yeah because I like this one, and then at the top of my... Like I said, I I prefer an Indiana Jones not looking down the barrel of the camera, and so Temple of it, Doom... I mean, it's a clear front runner for me, just it... 
a great post that asks questions. <laughs> who, who? What the fuck is going on? Who are these people? <laughs> what are they like, like? If you've seen, if if you'd only seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, you're looking at this poster, you're going, you're sort of going, what? Why is there fire? Mm-hmm. Who is who is this man holding up a I heart? Mean, the, yeah, like what who's I like this is this Asian the, kid. Who's the small is that, kid? Is that a t- is that a teenage girl or is that Indy's love interest? Mola Ram actually has the flaming heart in his hand. He does. Yeah, that's I fantastic. Mean, talk and about you know. There aren't the, just two Indiana Jones. There's three. Yeah. Also, given a sub narrative of. What happened to uh, Short Round after the movie? You can see Short Round. Short Round is with his elephant, right? Yes. So it's so it's that's the other thing plus, is the other main characters. The other main characters get not one just just one picture, but they get two as well. Hmm. So I think uh, I think it's masterful. I love it. I think. Uh, and again, like it, it, it. I just love that poster, and I'll say this. Yeah. Well, you said you didn't want to talk about it, but the other main Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom poster, I think I t- him standing in the yeah, the you know, in that archway with the, the Moses. It's the Moses shot, isn't it? From yeah, the yeah. I'll take that poster over all the other ones too. Both yeah, Indiana Jones too. and the Temple I, of Doom posters. I genuinely, genuine, uh, generally disagree with a poster being a still from the movie, but mm. I'm not gonna again. Body by Jake. Not going to argue. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Yeah. So we can we can at least agree on, on that. Yeah. <laughs> what more can we ask? Yeah. And then this leads us to where this little segment will go in the new year, yes? Yeah. So Mike introduced this, this segment um, where, uh, when we finished Friday the 13th. Um, and I thought it was a great idea. And as we were doing, you know, in real time, as we were doing it, I thought, you know, this would work better visually where people could actually see the posters we were talking about as we were talking about them. (laughs) That first Um, time felt a lot like Strike Force 5 and their questions from their wives, if anybody ever (laughs) listened to that. Kind of like I that. know, I know exactly what you're. Yeah, you're, t- you're talking only about, not but... as funny, because that's some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. But coincidentally, we we were looking for uh, something to do as YouTube exclusive content. Yeah. Um, because um, we've decided that um, that we're well, I say we're phasing out. We have been phasing out. Uh, the watch-alongs. We feel mm-hmm. that we've done all we can do with that. It was a, it was a niche idea to start with, and we made it last three years. Right. So, I don't think we owe anyone <laughs> anyone any content from that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we came to you know the first one we did was um, uh, Star Wars holiday yeah. special, and we've just passed the the kind of um, three, three year, year mark of 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 uh, doing that. So we thought, well, this is a good time to end it, and and. Uh, but you know, I go by the the mantra of the more things change, the more they stay the same. I don't want when we change something up on the show. I don't want anyone to lose out. I want it to be a net gain. So 
Uh, we're gonna rip every time we finish a series. We're gonna do a YouTube exclusive. Uh, um, but you'll video. be able to see the posters. You'll be able to see the posters, and you'll be able to see us, and they'll see us talking about the posters, and we'll be able to, you know, actually point out specific. Uh, aspects of the poster mm -hmm. so we're going to do that whenever we get to the end of the series we're going to rank the posters uh, on youtube and that'll take the place of our of our watch alongs uh because we want to keep some content out there on on youtube because i'm aware that that's what a lot of people how a lot of people get their podcasts that's how the that's how the kids do it tom so i'm told it's fire yeah <laughs> it's what <laughs> it's fire <laughs> is things that what the used, is the, things used to be the bomb now they're yeah. fire yeah don't i've seen the bear i get it <laughs> it's it, fire is what you say when you don't want to write decent dialogue i get it <laughs> do you think they're just hooking into the now tom hooking into the now do you think that's what the Temple of Doom poster is trying to say by having all that fire on? They're trying to t let you know <laughs> this movie's fire. They're telling they're telling people who are looking at it in 2023 that this movie is fire. Yeah, that's the best tagline. We're <laughs> Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. That's how you open it up to younger younger viewers. This movie is fire, and then they'll watch it and they'll go, "Wow, I didn't realize they meant that literally." I just want to point out one more thing about why the Temple of Doom poster is so good. Go to ahead. the right of his hat, the spikes. Yes. Yeah, it's it's um, so many details. So many. Yeah, it it's overstuffed like the movie. Yeah. And uh, again, you the, every every good poster is a promise of what you're gonna get, and and that real the, this poster. The movie delivers what the poster promises. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not not just because there's a heart on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you can take that literally, or you can take it metaphorically. <laughs> I love. Uh, it'd be funny if the MPAA saw the poster first and they were like, they asked him to discover what, what's on fire yeah why didn't hand? they ask questions don't worry about it don't worry about at it at that stage <laughs> <laughs> this is just for the poster right you're not going to put this in the movie no of course yeah, no, no, not no, no never of course not he'll live don't worry I, love I mean the fact until that he dies until I he can... dies but he'll survive I... the heart <laughs> being ripped out of Don't his worry, chest. the white woman will be fine. I'm sorry, he'll survive the what? <laughs> the funniest part of that is I can imagine uh, Spielberg and, and Lucas, and Spielberg's trying to play it cool, and Lucas is just like, yeah, no, but we do, we have a heart on fire in the... Shut up, George, shut up. <laughs> we do have a heart on fire in the movie. I remember I wrote it down specifically. He pulls that, so shut up, shut up, just we'll talk about it later. And the Temple of Doom will really be more like a, a haunted castle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the last thing to do is pitch, I believe. It is, yeah. That's what you came here for. <laughs> that's what we, you'll get. This isn't Indiana Jones and the an annual general meeting, but that's what you got. <laughs> 
All right, friend. Uh... And ironically, that's the name of my pitch as well. Indiana Jones and the <laughs> annual general meeting. Some would say it's not that much more exciting than that. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Well, uh, there was, well there was a... I, I had confessed to you right before yeah. we came on that this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is try to pitch oh. a new Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. And then I really started getting some headway about 20 <laughs> minutes before we started recording this fucking episode. Hey, that's how Dial of Destiny was made. Probably. They were hitting their stride just as they started filming. <laughs> I had Tom... I had no fewer than, uh, for a good week and a half, no fewer than about 15 tabs opened on yeah. shit to research and think about it and mull over <laughs> in preparation. You approached it sim similarly to me, yeah. I, it, <laughs> and every day I would open up my computer and I just, I'd be like, I just want to X out of all of this, but I can't. I have to keep again. forcing myself to look at it. And that you've gone through the process of writing Crystal Skull. Basically, any conspiracy theory on the internet about anything to do with history made it into the movie. Oh, mercy. Yeah. So, how about you? How, how was your time? Well, it's interesting It's interesting that you, you kind of mentioned the research angle, because I think what we've done quite really effectively over, over the our coverage of this series is kind of picked out the 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 bones of a formula. Mm -hmm. I was able to apply that to what I, I to what I was doing, and you know the the kind of two two big aspects that need to be in every Indiana Jones movie. Um, uh, one of them is, uh, I believe your term was the front end MacGuffin, mm -hmm. and the and the back end MacGuffin, um, which I also like to think of as the you know the. Uh, the appetizer MacGuffin and the entree MacGuffin. Yeah, there you go. So you need those. Um, you need a time period. You need a yeah a certain villain. You need you a, need yeah you need woman. story mm, you, kind of reworkings and rewritings of historical fiction and mythology. Yeah, and you have to kind of globe fashion into a flash fashion into a plot. Well, I ignored the last part, but you know, I did so, I did it I did an Ian Fleming's Moonraker on that one where I was just like, just have him stay where he is. So no, it sounds like you took the the beginnings of Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny, who don't get out of America for a fucking hour, each one of them, and then just said, I'll stay in America. Is that what you're doing? No, but we don't we don't venture globe trotting isn't the point of the adventure in the way that it is with the other movies i've kind of right. i've kind of i wanted to move away from that element because i feel like it, it, it's both tiresome and and derivative it's someone else's idea of uh of an indiana jones movie i think it's the blueprint like it's, not, it's it, i don't know if it is the it is the blueprint <laughs> like i said temple of doom all takes place on one continent so you know, it can be a very simple journey from one place to another. All right. I mean, you have to, yeah, you do, you have to go international at some point. But Tem Temple of Doom broke the mold on that one really nicely. It was like, okay, we're going to go from China to India. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So. And it, but then, anyway, it's, in terms of, I found it, 
I had to change up my approach because there are so many interim adventures mm-hmm. in this series, like suggested adventures that take place between the movies. You feel like you want to pick up one of those threads and kind of run with it and unravel it. But when you start to do that, you realize it's just like, it's just perfunctory kind of spackle storytelling. You're just trying to, you know, stitch one era to another mm. in the in the, in the the films. And I didn't find it very gratifying. And the, then the completionist in me took over and I realized that what I really wanted to do was um, complete the second trilogy, make the six films instead of five so it doesn't feel uneven and also mm-hmm. so you know we've got the original trilogy plus these two later life films plus young indiana jones then you know i tell a story that takes place at every stage of indiana jones's life interqual so what do you mean is that what you're, is that what you're doing are you going between no th- are you no going... no the opposite I, i'm ca- i'm continuing on from uh, from dial of destiny wow impressive yeah he did take that fucking hat back like a real asshole. So and then 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 he ran for president and uh, <laughs> and now he falls down the stairs your, of uh, airplanes. Your title is Indiana Jones and the Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Actually, when he says that, he sounds like the uh, the the Medroid in. Empire Strikes Back. Take care, sir. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I I, I uh, switched things up and decided that I do that I try and complete try and put a button on the whole franchise. Since Dial of Destiny refused to do that, and Impressive. because we because all the problems that face Indiana Jones are off screen, I think. And because in our imaginary scenarios where we have a time machine and we can do whatever we want, we don't have those problems. All we have to deal with is what, is, what has happened on screen in these movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't need Harrison Ford to, you know, sign up to do another one and live long enough to do that. We don't need to de-age him. We can have a just have a younger Harrison Ford if we want it or decide to recast the actor as we would have done if we were in charge uh-huh um so it seems to me you know there's there's lots of there's lots of problems behind the scenes that are holding this series back but they don't need to hold us back mm. in our pitches all right so that's why i had no problem kind of going forward instead of going back and you know doing any of those mucking wartime, about those wartime adventures that you know are staring you in the face or or, you know, how did we get to the beginning of Temple of Doom, which is where I was going originally, but I just didn't find it very interesting. But hmm. I actually I actually found telling a, an Indian, later life Indiana Jones story, uh, I think it can be done in an interesting way. Well, I want to hear it. What's the title? Oh, God, okay. Uh, so <laughs> really set myself up to go first then, didn't I? You most certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the, ti- the title of my movie is Indiana Jones and the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Oh. Mm. And, you know, I went back and forth. It's unwieldy. It's got that the, the, 
you know, that sort of <laughs> 80s alternative rock, the, the um, yeah. sound to it. But I felt it was justified because of the piece of mythology I want to rip from. Okay. Um, so we begin Indochina, 1934. We're at the uh, National Museum of Antiquities. So this is before Temple of Doom. Before Temple of Doom, yeah. Okay. Uh, and it, Indochina, which will eventually become Vietnam, but at this point it's called Indochina. Yes, I, I opened those tabs too, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Had a lot of tabs open. For, for <laughs> my my pawn didn't get a look in. Yeah, like... <laughs> right? This is, all, this is all fucking military history. So behind on my porn. <laughs> Although in reality, it just replaced one pawn with another. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Indochina, 1934, National Museum of Antiquities in Hanoi. Mm-hmm. And a team of communist guerrillas. G-U-E-R. <laughs> We're talking about sequels, right? It's not that far-fetched that they could be actual guerrillas. I have to make that distinction. So we've seen some fucking nuts movies, okay, over the past few years. I just imagined um, Congo with like yeah. <laughs> a little communist hat. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, they're storming the, the museum to retrieve, uh, which is owned and operated by the um, French colonial government to retrieve uh, their cultural artifacts. And Indian Wuhan have infiltrated oh, this team. Look at of- you. Look what you've done. Team of communist uh, guerrillas with purely mercenary purposes. They, there's a, a specific artifact that they want to get their hands on, and it's the golden phoenix, which is uh, an ornament from an ancient temp, uh, from one of the country's ancient temples. Mm. And uh, you know they they we we begin thinking that you know this this is entirely made up of vietnamese communists and then it's revealed that indian wuhan have kind of tagged along and then they break off for the team and they go for the golden phoenix um you know they uh they they smash right through the the glass and remove it um and (laughs) and like uh, homer simpson getting the venus (laughs) exactly uh i don't know uh (laughs) and uh 1934, Indiana Jones uh, turns to Wuhan and said, "You know, this belongs on the open market. We can, you know, we, we can get a really, we can get a really good price for this." <laughs> At that point, the French military uh, arrived to um, to stop the uh, the destruction. Indian Wuhan tried to escape, so we have a great sort of uh, trying to get out of a museum. There'll be lots of kind of mini puzzles for them to solve to try and uh, yeah, have the, yeah, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. the idea of like I- I- Indian Wuhan on two two ends of a like a giant scale I have that image <laughs> in my head as one of the ways so they're trying to get out of the museum and they find an exit route but it goes through the office of uh, one of the employees who works there and it's a, uh, a resident archaeologist who's working late and it is of course some call him Balosh but he is really <laughs> Belloc, and this is the first time Indian Belloc meet. Fantastic! And so he he sees him trying to steal the steal the golden phoenix. Uh, once they they find him working late in his office, 
And that distraction is enough for the French um, soldiers to get hold of Indian Wuhan. Um, and Belloc, you think, obviously, you know, he's going he's gonna, to um, shop them. But he does. He does the opposite. He he sort of said, um, "Don't arrest. You know, don't arrest these two gentlemen. Um, this is, and he recog- And that's the other thing. He recognizes him. He's like, "This is esteemed archaeologist, Indiana mm. Doctor Indiana Jones. He's consulting with me on an archaeological dig." So it's a little bit like Monsters University, where you you see it's like, <laughs> how did they become lifelong enemies? Because they're not yeah. at this point. So basically, the the, in the, the act of their first meeting, Belloc. Um, saves him from being well probably executed okay. by um by the french uh, indochine uh, china government so that's how they get out of that predicament but belloc sort of says you know i can't let you take this it belongs in a museum <laughs> he puts it he puts it back in its uh, in its spot hard cut to the same object it's now in the smithsonian 1981 <laughs> We track over the um, we track over the object in its display case. Wait, and... so is Indiana Jones going to be ninety plus years old? Yes. Fantastic. It's nineteen eighty one. I hope there's uh... tennis balls on his walker. <laughs> <laughs> he made it to Reagan's America. Who the thunk it? <laughs> so, the inscription and photograph on the display case reveal that uh, um, this. Um, artifact was um, retrieved from Vietnam, formerly Indochina, by Sergeant Henry Mutt Williams the <laughs> Third, or Mutt Williams Jones the Third, and uh, uh, you know found found amongst his uh, possessions before uh, before his death. Well, shipped over with his with his body, and then donated by his father, Doctor Henry Jones Jr. And then we do a reverse shot, and there he is. There's Indiana Jones um, at the uh, looking in, looking at the display case, and he's going to look exactly like he did in the deleted continuity from Young Indiana Jones, which, if you've not seen it, is basically the director John Ford. Mm. Uh, so he's got he's got the you know he's got the eye patch. Eye patch. Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, he's uh, joined by uh, a young female archaeology student who. Sets up the sign and, and by young, and... do you mean sixty? <laughs> no, I mean actually young, like student age. Okay. Uh, and and she says uh, it's not bad enough that they went over there and killed all their babies. They had to uh, steal their history as well. And then it, Indiana turns turns to her and said, "You stole it from me." <laughs> and she says, "Are you proud of that?" And he says, "I'm proud of him." And that's it. That's their, their, their first meeting. He walks away. And then Indiana goes straight from there to the Arlington National Cemetery to visit mm. Mutt's war grave. But when he gets there, he sees that the same female archaeology student is also at the cemetery. She's there, and she's um, spying out the tomb of the unknown soldier, which is under 24-hour guard by uh, an elite squad of Marines. That's a kind of actually true that's that's the true part um and she takes the brief changing of the guard moments to uh to run into the tomb crowbar away in classic grave robber style and indy obviously is trying to figure out what's going on um but 
you know, he sees her break in, and then seconds later, he's knocked out cold. <laughs> we resume. Then we go into the laser line map. So we don't even know what's happened to him, but we know he's, you know, that's how we know he's been kidnapped and taken on a plane. Transported. So <laughs> he's being transported and he's heading towards France. He's heading away from America to France. And um, he's sort of doing the <laughs> the, the Lindbergh in, re Lindberg in reverse. <laughs> he's doing the reverse Lindbergh. And anyway, so he... Um, so uh, he's transported to France, and they're in—they're stuck in the in the freight compartment of this of this uh, plane. And Indy finds out, you know, what, what's been going on. And this this student, who is named, he finds out she's named Dakota. Mm. And he scoffs at that, saying, well, "Kids, parents will name their kids anything these days." <laughs> and he says, and she says, "What's your name, Henry?" <laughs> and then uh uh it's explained that that she she was on um a dakota uh, uh was was being backed by a mysterious organization on a quest she had to substantiate myths about the fountain of youth um and stories that have been told by world war 1 soldiers that the fountains of youth lay lay in a well beneath the trenches of uh, Flanders Field in the First World War. Mm. I made this up, but, you know, that's... <laughs> I made that part up. That's fine. But that's what we're, good, that's what we're, that's what we're going for. And uh, it turns out that the people who were back... who were, who were funding her... her um, who were funding her investigation were um, evangelists, celebrity evangelists, like a kind of Billy Graham, Pat Robertson figure... Who um, want to want to re revive the age of miracles using this fountain of youth to demonstrate the power of their uh, of their religion? So, and and he's like, well, what you know? Why have they? If you're working for them, why have you kidnapped? You say, well, I didn't know I was working for them, and um, you know, they they I was looking for the gold watch that was on the body of the uh, the body of the unknown soldier. And it's like, well, it's like, well, did you get it? It's like, no, they, you know, they knocked me out and they took it. And it's like, well, why are we still alive? You know, why, why are you still alive and why am I here? And it's like, well, they think we're in cahoots together because they know you're Henry, you know, they know you're Henry Jones. They think you're my professor. Um, and it turns out that uh, Dakota has a has a map. She she has a map of the the where the fountain of youth is and she has a map of the trenches of world war Two, and she puts one on the other and it'll take us to the place but they still need a starting point they don't have a starting point they don't know where to start from but the gold watch the way the hands were placed was the longitude and latitude of where they need to start mm. um but and dakota claims that when they knocked her out she broke the bot she broke the watch and the hands aren't in the right place but she secretly smashed it herself she lo noted the location and then smashed it so anyway so basically she's saying you know until, until you until you remunerate me um i'm not going to tell you where where to start we're going to have to go on this journey together um but her and indy break away at some point from these evangelists and it ends up with them the they find the fountain of youth be um, beneath uh, the where the trenches used to be in Flanders Field, and it turns out that the elite the elite tomb of the unknown soldier guard uh, kind of act as a sort of brotherhood of the Grail, 
Yeah, um, right, so right. Was, they, they they follow them to France and they come to protect their uh, they come to protect their treasure, and uh, they end up at the fountain at this fountain of youth, and uh, the celebrity evangelist, the Pat Robinson guy, decides you know he wants to go into it so he can be young again. Uh, and prove that you know miracles are possible, and then the 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 uh, marine guards advise him. You know, if you're not pure of so- if you're not pure of soul, it will it will dissolve you to bones. You know, you, you can only become young again if you're pure of soul. And so Pat Robinson's like, oh, I got no problems here. So you go straight in, and immediately is you know kind of turned into a skeleton. <laughs> um, and then you know, it, Indiana's is kind of attempted to do the same thing. Um, and, and, and they ask, you know, is your soul pure? And he says, and he pulls a coin out of his pocket and says, it's a coin toss. Um, <laughs> and you know, and, uh, it also, as well as making you young again, it gives you eternal youth. So you never grow old. So Dakota decides that she wants eternal youth and she tries to go in there and in Indy stops her because he figures out at that point, looking at the Marine guard that, all of them are these kind of monolithically young people and that they've all been through the fountain. Yeah, right. And they've all come out and so all, all they can do with the rest of their lives is protect a tomb, you know, a soldier's tomb. And, you know, he says to he says to her, you know, I've I, I met a guy who who uh, ended up like that and you don't want to you know, you don't want to be like that. My son could never grow old. So don't throw away your chance to do that, basically. So she saves mm-hmm. saves his life. And they, you know, they let them go. They they re, they go to reseal the well of the fountain of youth, um, <laughs> the, the Marines. And Indy, you know, he, he heads up onto a mound and he starts to feel weak. And the coach's like, "What well, was so crazy?" He said, "Well, you know, I was in I was in Washington to see one of the top men in medicine for a second opinion because uh, my doctor told me I'm dying." And I only, you know, I I have um, only a few weeks to live, and you know what I've been doing the last few days has accelerated that. Yeah. And so he starts to sort of die in her arms, and she's like, "No, we've got to, you know, we've got to call your family. We've got, we've got to get you back home." And he's like, "I've lived out all of them. It's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one left." And his hat, his um, hat f- uh, flies off, and she goes to grab it. And he's like, he's just says, "Let it go." <laughs> and then he just kind of he just sort of passes away in her arm and the magical godwin takes the hat away <laughs> and puts it in the earth which is about to be sealed up oh good so indiana jones's hat becomes a future relic end of movie all right man you've got everything beginning middle and end <laughs> Which, as we've said before, really shouldn't be in a pitch at all. But, you know, right. <laughs> I did a lot of research and I wanted to show that I'd done it. Uh, I like it. Thank you. What's it called again? <laughs> Indiana Jones. Here we go. Indiana Jones and the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Yeah. I'm loving that pitch. Hmm. And uh, I am surprised you went that route. I knew you would be, yeah. Yeah, like it's... shocked. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't dislike. Like, like I say, I love those 
Rockford File reunion movies. Mm-hmm. You know, if David Chase is writing it, it's like, sure, Rocky isn't there. That's a, that's not great, but you still mm-hmm. got Angel. You still got Tom Selleck. <laughs> you do it properly, it's great. And so I think... And also, you know, you can just stop pretending that he could be in any way an action hero when he's 90 and it just becomes a story about a guy. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it. That's what I like about it. Because mm. I didn't go that route at all. Good. Did not even That's consider good. it for a moment. And who would? Because he's 80 at the end of <laughs> Dial of Destiny. But yeah. like I say, we don't have those problems. The people making right. actual movies have those problems. We yeah, don't right. have those problems. Well, I went the opposite route, but had kind of your idea of a front half and a second half. It's funny because Dial of Destiny informs... Hmm. Or no, sorry. Crystal Skull informs my interquel between Mm -hmm. Last Crusade and uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's It's the smart choice. Mike was always smarter. I don't know about that, friend. Uh, I'm just, right. I'm just, I'm just buffalo-headed Clemenza over here. <laughs> well, I'm calling my movie uh, Indiana Jones and the Scepter of Ta. Oh, well, thumbs up, double thumbs up for your title. All right. Good job, sir. Thank you. Is that Ta with two R's, or is it Ta as in the substance Ta? Nope, Ta. Like P-T-A-H. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You hate it now. No. God damn it. <laughs> no, but we've had this conversation about using words that people don't readily recognize in in, in titles, so... Don't care. Yeah. I know. Oh, I believe me, I know. <laughs> I love how quickly that turned around. <laughs> okay, Indiana Jones and the Scepter of Ptah. <laughs> you Go don't on. have to be that Dazzle big an me. asshole about it. <laughs> well, we're going to no, be... I'm intrigued. I like the Scepter bit. We're going to be in uh, the early 1943. Mm-hmm. So we're heading towards the end of World War Two. Yeah. And but crucially not right at the end after yeah. you can no longer tell wartime adventures go on. Yes. But because of uh Crystal Skull and we learn mm. like you know he's a war hero. Right. So I wanted to like, you know, put that into my movie and uh this the whole front uh coldish open is Indiana Jones as a spy, as a spy for the CIA. Perfect. So I even had the idea of uh, the Paramount logo dissolving into a mountain on a tapestry inside of a church. Oh, excellent. That's really good. Pulling out of a church. That's a nice twist on Temple of Doom. Yeah. 
And also, I th- I, for a second there, when you said, like, you know, espionage, I thought you were going to have it, like, dissolve into a gun barrel. <laughs> <laughs> but then I remembered, that's what I would have done. Yes. But this is one of the reasons I think you're, you, you might like part of this pitch is because I do want to mash up some genres here. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've talked extensively about uh, setting the Indiana Jones adventure in the year and having that inform yeah. sort of the style of the movie. And right. so I wanted sort of uh, a proper kind of spy movie. Great, yeah. An espionage Perfect. movie. So we start off with uh, Indiana Jones undercover for the CIA, uh, and he is in Italy looking mm. for uh, uh, the tablet of, of the tomb. So there's a little game of cat and mouse going on. You know, there's uh, the, the small alleyways, and he's kind of dodging and uh, thinks he's, <laughs> thinks he's mm-hmm. sort of ahead of the game and getting... Yeah. You know, losing tails. I I have this idea of sort of this man up on a on a you know a high perch, just sort of watching Indiana Jones with binoculars <laughs> and smiling the whole time. You know, Indy not realizing that all everything he's doing is for naught. He, he thinks he's a cat burglar. He's yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so once again, he's behind the uh, eight ball. And then who does he meet up with? This is my research. Uh, he meets up with one Adelaide Hawkins, mm. who is a real CIA agent who... Oh, excellent. I believe started right around like 1941. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to... Um, I didn't have time to pick a church. Like, I don't know. What? Duomo of De Milano? Christian church? Yeah, you know, some some sort of church. One of them Christian churches. Yeah, yeah. One of them churches. So he they Is it uh, in Venice by ch- I mean that would be that would be dead on the money if this was Venice. I I thought of that. I thought of Venice. I also thought of it being close to Venice and him sort of just looking out and seeing Venice and saying Wish I was there. Ah, Venice. <laughs> that's when that's when he could have like seen the, the poster that yeah. says Ah Venice that would have explained why he keeps right, saying it as right. a catchphrase. <laughs> so you could go either way. Mm-hmm. You know, I I one of the reasons I um first thought of of Venice was because of uh What's that Donald Sutherland movie? Don't look now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, walking around the, the you sure. know that that the Ra- portion. The Ramos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they're gonna get into the church and they're gonna find the thing that lowers them down into a catacomb and into further adventures and solving traps and shit together. Uh-huh. And uh, they're going to find one trap that they can just bypass by kind of going around it. And uh, at any rate, they're going to they're going to get through all the uh, all the traps and all the boobies. And uh, they're going <laughs> to <laughs> separately or booby together traps? together. OK. Yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. 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 
So they're going to end up finding... I think some some of your porn tabs might have got mixed up yeah, with your historical yeah. research there, I think. They're going to find this uh, tombs tablet. And then the next thing you know, of course, the bad guys are right behind them saying, all right, hand it over. And Indiana Jones has just put it into his bag, and so he has to hand it over. But that one thing that they, they didn't trip the wire on is going to be the mm-hmm. one thing that allows them to escape. And so they escape. And then it turns out that he gave them a fake thing that, mm. that he also had in his bag and they get away. Right. <clears throat> and all of this leads to, so that's the front MacGuffin, but it is like these other movies, these later movies connected to the other MacGuffin, <laughs> which is the scepter of Ta. And so there's three parts uh, there's the was scepter, the sign of life, the ankh, and then the DG pillar. Pillar. Mm. So, my idea is what they don't know is if like the 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 ankh is a fake, and if they find the real one and put it on, the scepter actually gives you uh, lots of power. Mm. And my villains, sir, are going. To be the Italians. Mussolini wants to get back into power. Oh, great. That's good. That's a nice way to have Nazis without Nazis. Nazis without Nazis. I know I gave gave Crystal Skull (laughs) a a lot of of shit for the Russians, but I am going to steal it and use it. (laughs) Nazis without Nazis was a popular self-help book in that era. (laughs) Yes. At any rate, it's going to lead us eventually into Africa. Hmm. And okay. we're going to have to, so you can bring Sala back and Sala can, can, uh, you know, bring all the camels he wants. <laughs> Talk about and, how he just wants to move to New York and be a cab and be driver. a cabbie. <laughs> I, no better way to end his life having lived in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I I just was having a conversation with friend of the show, Matthew Aldrich, today, mm. who, because of our episodes, watched Dial of Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I almost... That's one reason to do it. I almost want to steal his idea because I thought it was so good. He was like, I don't understand this whole thing with Sala and he's a fucking cab driver. And what the fuck mm. are they doing? And they just kick him to the curb and he's like, he's got to fuck off. And he said, I've got a rewrite. Like, why don't they just make, you know, the boyfriend that wants Phoebe Waller-Bridge, what if they catch them and they take them to the gangster and the gangster is Sala? <laughs> I, I, yeah, no like, notes. That's his, that's where his, that's where his life led him. How good is that? So this part where they think they're going to die and, you know. So I almost want to. So and basically, that then John Reese Davis could basically be Sidney Greenstreet in Casablanca. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> swatting, swatting flies in brown face. <laughs> Such a good idea! I almost want to steal it for this pitch. It's a phenomenal idea, and I think I said I, I remember saying when we talked about the Morocco scenes that I wanted them to lean more into the Casablanca of it all. Mm-hmm. And of course, they didn't because. I don't know if they've even seen Casablanca beyond the poster. <laughs> they've seen Batteries Not Included. That was a different podcast. And that's all you knew. That's all you knew was that they'd seen Batteries Not Included. Batteries what was that for? Included. 
<laughs> that was uh, Paul, the poltergeist. Uh, hey, oh, that's, that's right. behind a paywall. You, you, <laughs> I've said too much. That's behind a pa- Get on our Patreon if you want to know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The game is afoot. They're in Egypt. They have to find that second or that last piece for the scepter. Yeah. Uh, and once they do, they can put it together. But Mussolini wants it because he thinks it it will give you know bring him back power. Because uh, <laughs> he's jealous of all of Hitler's. Uh, you well, know, one politics. of my one of my open tabs was <laughs> the fact that uh, Mussolini. I think he was. What was he? He was like rescued on top of a mountaintop from like somewhere between September twelfth and the fifteenth, and then uh, <laughs> Hitler. News to me. So 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 the history has told me he was rescued yeah. from this mountaintop. He was in captivity, and then he was made head of Salo by Hitler, his good friend, which was like this branch, this off branch kind of government wow. that wasn't in charge of anything. Mm. Uh, then Mussolini's brother was murdered to like stamp down any chance, and it was shortly after that that uh, Italy actually declared war on Germany. So I kind of like this idea of Italy Mussolini. has declared war on yeah, the Hitler yeah, boys. Yeah, exactly. I like the idea of Mussolini trying to go it alone, but he needs this ultimate power to do it. And so all the henchmen and all the baddies, including a Pat Roach. Oh, that's, that's a whole movie right there. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's an incredible story. So Pat, <laughs> I don't know why Pat Roach would be involved, but because <laughs> he has to be. What about your CGI person? Is he going to be there? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> As a baby. Pat Roach's baby. He's just... The other thing I thought, and I'm not trying to, there'll be, you know, there's no way to one-up CGI person, but I also thought, um, <laughs> did you, you remember the Popeye cartoons? Yeah. Do you remember Goon? Um, Goon. It was like one of, um, <laughs> one of uh, Olive Oil's friends. It was like a big. It was like a big woman who was like had these. Wow, I don't anyway. remember Goon. Looks just like Goon from right. the Popeye cartoons. Anyway. Well, at any rate, everything that happens in an Indiana Jones movie is going to happen. They're they're going to get that that piece. Then the piece will be taken away from them. Then they have to catch up and retake the piece. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get captured. And then uh, what I want uh, still is within, within all of that is keeping the uh, the spy aspect and, yeah, you know, looking out after, over this and through this and solving this and, uh, you know, leaving this for somebody to find and clues and blah, 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 blah. Um, but then we'll have uh, sort of like a real true uh, finishing thing. I don't know. I I. I I thought I should set like hmm. maybe underneath the pyramids, but then I thought, is that too on brand? <laughs> for for this or the mummy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I I just pictured a, a last scene in the catacombs in yeah. a in a different you know everybody like treasure being, buddies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody going after. Uh, the scepter to, to to bring the power together. And of course the bad guys get it and they don't realize exactly what that power means. Um, I, Oh, I, I had this idea that, um, I forgot her name. Adelaide, right? Adelaide. What was my, what was my lady's name? 
Yeah. Adelaide Hawkins. Like, we don't think of Indiana Jones as a religious person. <laughs> in spite, in spite like... of all evidence of the contrary, no, we don't. He doesn't yeah, exactly. think of himself that way. No. That's for sure. But I like the idea of them, like, kind of coming together on that point, mm. despite the fact that all that Indiana's seen, and they have God conversations, and he says, well, you know... I don't know what I believe in, but I know I've seen some stuff. <laughs> and I, One you year know, it was I, Shiva, I, then it was Yahweh, yeah, yeah. and just back to regular old JC. <laughs> but what if you had to, uh, while the scepter was was being sort of activated by the, by the Italians, you had to kind of show fealty hmm. and sort of kneel down before it. And that's their version of closing your eyes. And mm. so they don't die. Yeah. And so, yeah, there you go. That's really, I mean, that's really good. And I, uh, apart from the admittedly coincidental overlaps with the Cocoon films, I think I completely forgot about <laughs> make, making it feel like a movie that's from the era it's representing in my pitch. So I made the same mistake Dial of Destiny did, essentially, in my pitch. Fantastic. Apart well, from the, the evangelists, it's the only thing that's very 80s about it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, well that it. sounds like a fun night out, which is what I right. want with an Indiana Jones movie. It's all I need. A good time. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll get that with, with my meditation on, <laughs> on the death of Indiana Jones. <laughs> No, I really respect that you're going to kill him. Well, I had to, you know, and, and then... It's what we deserve. And, you know, I think... <laughs> I was thinking about, like, is it too fan service for him to say, let it go? But I think, you know, his, yeah. the, the, the franchise's attachment to the hat is the equivalent of Henry's obsession with the grail. It, it, <laughs> they need to just get beyond it. <laughs> <laughs> And the only way to do that is to let it go and let it be be buried and, <laughs> you know, like the uh, like Belloc's pocket watch, you know, you buried it yeah, in the right. ground and then in a thousand years it, it's uh, become. Is Belloc only in that front scene? Yeah. Okay. And Wuhan. Be- right. Because all all of it, they would be dead um, by eighty one. Both of them would be dead by eighty one. Both of them would be dead a few years later. Yeah, not very shortly. Yeah. No, it was just a way to sort of tie up the whole Mutt storyline. and Yeah. Um, and, you know, Mar- Marion's gone, but we don't talk about it until the final scene, where he's just like, they're all gone, I'm the only one left. Mm-hmm. I've outlived everyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, a fun night out. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, there you go, our two pitches. You're going to have to tell us which one you like the most, or you can send us your own. Yeah, I bet I bet people have done that even ahead of this episode. I bet people have been working on their Indiana Jones pitches for many years. I hope so. Yeah. And not just in the last 20 minutes. I'm telling you. <laughs> I really had that front scene flushed out as much as I could. Yeah. All goes to shit after that. No, not at all. 
It sounds like a movie I would want to watch. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. We've done our job. That's it, yeah. What more can you ask? None more. None more ask. <laughs> I can finally close all the tabs. <laughs> yeah, close the tabs on, on this series and this year of uh, podcasting. True. Another year in the books, friend. Yeah. We're, and, you know, we're normally we'd be at a it would be another hundred episodes by now, but we're at half speed. So we're uh, it'll take a bit longer to get there. But, you know, we've we've still we're still we're got we produce week, weekly episodes per year. And, you know, if you go over yeah. on if you join our Patreon, you'll get uh, two bonus episodes a month or you can get up to two mm-hmm. bonus episodes a month. And uh, we got we got new YouTube content coming out in the new year. There you go. And next week, you're gonna get a little uh, Christmas, uh, a little something, a little, little Christmas little present, treat, little uh, yeah, <laughs> a little something, something, <laughs> a little something to wet your beak. That's right. <laughs> Mixing up our draw, series. Draw the water from the well. Well, that's it. We will be back in the new year. Until then, you're going to have to find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, uh, not where X mark does not mark the spot. Fuck that guy. Yeah. It's getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. I'd like to uh, I'd like to give that guy some Metamucil. <laughs> uh, let's bury his hat. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right. You can send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. He's Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. I'm Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. We love you. We thank you. We will be back in the new year. Say goodbye to everybody, Tom. Too many Nazis. (laughs) Too many Nazis. Too many Nazis. Neither one of us. Neither one of us went Nazis. I basically you went came Nazis. the closest of the two. <laughs> well, we both <laughs> we both had extremists. Sure. We, we we were basically we were just kind of different. We were sort of uh, Nazis in all, but no. Nazi adjacent. Nazi. <laughs> it's the most you can hope for in this series. What's the bet in like two two years? That's why Temple of Doom is so good. Because it's Nazi adjacent? Because it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what's the bet in two years that there'll, there'll be like the the extremist wing of the Republican Party will be content to call themselves Nazi adjacent? <laughs> I don't have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah, problem with <laughs> Adjacent, we're yeah. saying. We're not saying we're Nazis. We are Nazis. <laughs> Well, on that happy note. <laughs> happy New <laughs> A Merry Christmas happy and a Year, Happy everyone. New Year to you all. Nazis. Start thinking about those resolutions now. <laughs> Don't be Nazi adjacent in the New Year. <laughs> That's a message from us to you. <laughs> That'll be on our Christmas card coming <laughs> coming in digital form to you all. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>